This is What's the Spread, Season 1, Episode 4. As always, I'm Dan Starr, your host. Joining me tonight is Andy Starr. Andy, week two in the books. What do you think from last week? What's your takeaways? I'm feeling pretty good about last week. I felt good going in. Um, you know, I ended up being four and two last week. I think you finished three and three, but we both hit our lead pipe locks, so that's good. Uh, just a quick rundown. So the big shocker of last week was Minnesota falling to Maryland. Um, both of us missed that one. Um, Ohio State did get the cover against Penn State after Penn State missed on that two-point conversion. So they uh, they went by 13. The spread was 12. Uh, I hit on the Michigan State game as well. They ended up winning another shocker against Michigan, uh, covering that 24.5-point spread. Uh, we both got Indiana, who easily beat Rutgers. And you got the backdoor cover from Illinois, and I missed that one. And then we both got Northwestern, uh, who won in Iowa. So... Overall, pretty good. I, th- I think now both of us are seven and six on the year and one on one on our lead pipe locks. No, I think it was uh, definitely a turnaround, especially for the lead pipe lock. We both knocked it out of the park there. Um, I feel like we learned a little bit from week one. And then I think we're going to learn a little bit from week two here, too. Minnesota got exposed on Friday night, and then Michigan got a little bit exposed as well. So. It'll be interesting to see what our picks are going forward here for week three in the Big Ten. Um, again, we have six games on the slate. Wisconsin still has their COVID issues, so they've canceled their game against Purdue. So uh, where do you want to kick off with the games this week? Well, let's start with uh, Michigan. You mentioned them right now. They're taking on Indiana as a three-point favorite uh, in Bloomington. Uh, so what? I'll give you a quick rundown on what I think here, and then I'll let you give a retort, I guess. Um, So Michigan last week, their running backs were held to less than 100 yards against Michigan State. Indiana, on the other hand, uh, they give up a lot of rush yards. Now they had an easy game last week against uh, Rutgers, so they only gave up 120 yards. But previously to that, when they played Penn State, they gave up 250 yards on the ground. So I think Michigan's going to improve there with their run game. Uh, They did go over 200 yards when they played Minnesota. Um, And then Michigan didn't really get after the quarterback at all against MSU. Uh, No turnovers, no takeaways. You know, it was kind of a stark difference from when they played Minnesota. Um, So I'm looking at those things. I think Michigan had five sacks against Minnesota and no sacks last week. So I think they're going to improve there. Um, and I think Indiana's kind of overrated right now. Uh, granted, me and you both love them as a team uh, moving forward, but, you know, they, they got that sneaky win in Penn State, which, you know, looks good, but then you look at the stats, you know, they had no business winning that game. And, uh, you know, Kana mentioned last week about psychology lessons. Well, I think this is going to be Michigan's psychology lesson here where they're just going to come back. They're angry about last week and – they are going to end up winning this game and cover those three points. No, I I think you did the exact same research as me because the the big statistic that stood out to me was the rushing yards given up per game by Indiana's defense. Like you said, I think Charbonnet, I think Haskins, and I think Milton have a big game on the ground. 
Um, and then another statistic that jumped out to me was Indiana's offense is six of 24 on third down in their opening two games. Michigan's defense is 11 of 28 on third down defense. So I think Indiana struggles to, to hold on to the ball. I think the time of possession is one handedly by Michigan. And like you said too, Michigan has 204 yards a game rushing on the ground with eight touchdowns rushing already this season. I think the ground and pound, the time of possession um, is what wins this game for them. And three points is low, low, low. Like you said, you know, we like Indiana, but they've struggled on offense this year. And I think their struggles continue. And I think Michigan, you know, after coming off the loss last week, they come and they cover the spread. So I'm in agreement with you here. Yeah, like I said, that that good D-line was held in check last week against Michigan State. I think they're going to get after the quarterback a couple times at least this week, and that's going to, you know, maybe create a couple turnovers and give them that edge. Yeah, especially in third and long situations. I think uh, uh, Cody Pay and, and uh, Hutchinson get after get after the quarterback here. So I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement there. All right, so next next in line we got Sparty at Iowa with a shocking seven-point favorite here for Iowa. What are you looking at here? Yeah, that was shocking to me as well. Um, I'm wondering where they got that spread because Iowa's looked pretty horrible this week, this year, um, you know, giving up that bad loss week one to Purdue and then just blowing the 17 points last week against Northwestern. Um, you know, Petrus – Week one, he was looking like an okay quarterback. Last week, he looked horrible. Three picks. Um, you know, Iowa only had 70 yards rushing on the ground, and MSU is not going to be any easier on them in that in the run department. Um, Iowa's offense is um, looking pretty paltry. You know, uh, I think they're averaging 240 pass yards per game. Or that's on defense, sorry. But uh, Ramsey only needed 130 last week um, for Northwestern to beat them. So I'm looking at this game, and Rocky Lombardi has been, you know, kind of the shocker of the season for me for MSU, taught, going for 300 over 300 yards per game, six touchdowns, two interceptions. So he's playing really well. And then they got a good, you know, young receiving core with Ricky White and Jaden Reed. So I think that MSU – is you know going to play pretty strong against this team? Uh, I think Iowa's going to keep it close. They may win this game, but I don't think they're going to win by a touchdown. So I'm leaning MSU with the points. I'm pretty sure you and I did the same research for all these games so far. So <laughs> so I'm with you here. I think the big uh, stats that jump out at me are like you said, Lombardi's passing. He averages about 321 yards per game. Um, Iowa got burned week one by Aiden O'Connell. Um, they kind of, you know, their defense stepped up a little bit against Peyton Ramsey and uh, Northwestern, but I, th- I don't think they're much of a passing team as is. So, you know, that's kind of a fluky statistic there. So look at what Aiden O'Connell was able to do. You got Rocky Lombardi coming in. He's already just throwing the ball around very well. Um and then Iowa winning by a touchdown just seems hefty, very hefty. Um, and then you got Smith Marset, 
who might be out wide receiver. He had a um, operating while intoxicated, so they don't know if he's going to play or not. So that's one less piece on offense that, you know, Petrus might be without. Um, Michigan State coming off that just, you know, uh, rivalry victory. They're hyped. They're amped. I think they come into Iowa. It's a, it's a noon kickoff, I'm pretty sure. And they just come out, you know, hungry. They're, they want to prove people wrong on that week one loss to Rutgers. I think they win this game outright. I don't know where this seven points is coming from. I think uh, Sparty scores you know, at least 20-plus points, and I, don't, I just don't see the Iowa offense putting up 30. So um, I'm going to take Michigan State, the plus seven here. Yep, couldn't agree with you more there. And yeah, like you said, we covered all the same points. You know, it's going to be a typical Iowa game, if anything. You know, they never win by more than a touchdown, it seems like. So, yeah, I'm taking MSU here. Right. And I think another big stat that might be overlooked here is Michigan State, off, our defense has, um, has, you know, not allowed too many rushing yards, um, just over 100 per game. And that seems to be Iowa's bread and butter is running the ball. And they struggled last week against Northwestern, which ended up costing them the game. And I think they struggle this week, too. So uh, look for that. And if they can't get the get the ground game going, and especially, you know, being down wide receiver, their passing game is not going to be much better. So Sparty, Sparty plus seven. Right on. All right. What are we looking at next here? Um, I think that I got Nebraska at Northwestern, uh, Northwestern coming in at home as a three and a half point favorite. Um, so Nebraska, we didn't get much, we don't, we have a smaller sample size, obviously, cause they didn't get a game last week with Wisconsin issues. So all we have to go on really is, you know, what we talked about preseason in that Ohio state game, which did, obviously things weren't going well for them. Um, the number that jumped out to me was one, how much Nebraska runs the ball, whether it be with their quarterbacks and running backs or whatever. Um, and during that game, they had three fumbles, they ended up losing two of them. Um, but they're going up against Northwestern who has got a legit defense. Like they're, they're third in the country right now, uh, in total defense and third Patty in Fisher. there you go, Patty Fisher. And they're third in rush defense as well. So Nebraska is not going to be able to do what they want to do. And they're also sixth in the turnover margin. So they're going to be punching the ball out every time they're carrying it. And they already had three fumbles against Ohio State. And Northwestern is not going to be any any easier. Um, and Nebraska is also – I think they don't get the two players in the secondary for the first half because of the targeting calls in week one. Um, so – for me, Northwestern and Peyton Ramsey is going to have it easy for the first half. If they get a touchdown lead, they're not looking back. So I'm betting Northwestern minus three and a half, and this is my lead pipe lock of the week. Ooh, big, big cats. All right, okay, all right. I uh, I agree with you. I think the, the run um, statistics are key in this matchup. I think also flipping it, I think Isaiah Bowser running back for Northwestern has a big game on the ground. Um, When Nebraska played Ohio State, they were just gashed on the ground, and I think that continues. Um, Like you said, Northwestern's D is is really good. But the weird part is Northwestern actually has an offense too. 
They averaged 405 yards a game, 235 yards a game rushing. So, like I said, I think the ground game, the ground and pound, and then their defense just slow things up. They're going to win the time of possession, kind of like that Michigan game. I think it's just going to be a slugfest. Um, And like you said, if they get behind early, it's over, like you said. So, three and a half, I think, is a little bit tricky with that half point because I think Northwestern might win, like, a field goal late or something like that um in a tight game 23 20 something like that but i think they pull that half point off and just you know get it there maybe 24 20 something like that so i'm gonna take northwestern here as well with you i'm just not making it my lead pipe lock so i like it all right that's fair i think that's the first time that we've uh agreed on my lead pipe lock so <laughs> I'll take nice. it. Hey, that, hey that's got to be a good feeling going forward into the week, huh? Right. All right. Where are we at next here? Um. All right. Well, we'll go to Minnesota at Illinois. Uh, Minnesota is a seven and a half point favorite on the road. Um, this one was a tough one for me. Uh, Minnesota's defense is trash. I think we know that now. For, it's not like a a one-off thing like they got ripped by Michigan for big plays then Talia Tungavailoa who couldn't score more than a field goal against Northwestern who we talked about just ripped them for 400 yards and three touchdowns and Jake Funk ran for 200 yards on the ground against them so that they've got nothing going for them on defense I I think they're ranked 112th out of 113 FBS teams in total defense so yeah they're not good uh, Illinois, on the other hand, you know, they recovered again. Uh, they got stonewalled that week one against um, uh, Wisconsin in that first game. Uh, they recovered nicely, I think, last week against Purdue, getting that backdoor cover, and their offense started to click a little bit, even without um, their starting quarterback. But I just can't take Minnesota winning by more than a touchdown with that defense like it's it best case scenario this turns into a shootout so i'm gonna take seven and a half points in a shootout no matter what the team is no i give me illinois (laughs) right right no i i hear you too i think that half point is key in this matchup um you look at minnesota they've given up 47 points per game which is just wild to me their defensive coordinator is actually going to be out this week because of COVID. So that might be a bonus for him, if anything. You know, <laughs> he, you know he's got to miss the game. So they that might improve. But um, Illinois, like you said, Brandon Peters out, the quarterback. They got some issues with COVID as well. Um, but you, when you look at certain statistics here, which are shocking to me, is Minnesota's passing game has been lackluster. And they return Tanner Morgan. They return Rashad Bateman. And they've only passed for 193 yards per game, which is just weird to me on that on that offense. So they've been relying on their run game. But when you look at Illinois' defense, surprisingly, and they played Wisconsin week one, they're holding opponents to 108 yards rushing per game. Um, linebacker Jake Hansen leads the team in tackles. I think he has a big game this week um, at home. I think Minnesota struggles. I think they're trying to bait you into taking Minnesota here on, on Illinois struggles, you know, against Wisconsin. And that's what it's going on. But the way Minnesota looked against Michigan, the way Minnesota looked against Maryland, 
you can't take the seven and a half here. Take Illinois. This is my lead pipe lock of the week. Bang. Interesting. You know, I'm I'm with you here because I don't want I don't have much faith in Minnesota, but I just feel like this team preseason for me was you know my favorite out of the teams in the East or the West, excuse me. And I just have a feeling one of these games, their offense and is is going to go off. Like you said, like they, there's no reason their passing offense should be as low as it is, given that they've been playing from behind all season and they've got all these weapons and their defense might do just enough to, you know, win one of these games. But I'm, I'm not sure this is the one, but you know, they do scare me, but I hear you on Illinois for sure. And I think uh, the backup quarterback Taylor for Illinois, I think he is a big game. Minnesota got absolutely gashed last week by Maryland gashed and by Talia Tonga Vailoa, like you said, that Jake Funk guy, just random, random people. So if random people can do it, I think Illinois at home can, can score points. And I think that seven and a half is just too much. So I'm taking Illinois here. All right. We'll move on to uh, Maryland at Penn state, Penn state coming in as a 25 and a half point favorite. This one is just a mystery to me. (laughs) With Maryland, I, I don't know what Maryland is going to show up. The Maryland that got just housed by Northwestern or the Maryland that comes in and upsets Minnesota. So, you know, you don't know what offense you're going to get. But you you do know what defense you're going to get, and that's a bottom 10 defense in the nation. So, you know, Penn State's had a couple bad beats. We I know we discussed about the Indiana game week one where, you know, they probably shouldn't have lost that game, but you know, they did enough to lose it themselves, you know, with turnovers and, you know, not uh, scoring on opportunities in the red zone. But um, they don't have much of a run game, Penn State. Um, so it's going to be all Sean Clifford and Jahan Dotson uh, going up against this Maryland defense. I think they're going to just – Sean Clifford might run for 100 and pass for 250 um, or more. Um, but it all comes down to me for what Maryland offense is going to show up. Um, if they can put up like 21, 28 points, it might be close. But I don't know that they can do that because Penn State's probably going to put up 50. So that's why I'm I'm betting Penn State minus 25 and a half. Um, and I think I feel pretty good about that, just given how bad Maryland's defense is. You're giving up on your boy Talia and your coach of the year, Mike Loxley? <laughs> This isn't the week for it, man. Hey, they, they, they proved me right last week, though, so I'm going to take a little bit of a victory lap, even though I didn't believe in them then. All right, all right. A few things jump out to me here. First, last three games, Penn State, Maryland. Last year, Penn State, 59 nothing. Year before that, Penn State, 38-3. to Year before that, Penn State, 66-3. to Just blowout after blowout after blowout. If Maryland has any seniors left on the team, they they better come out hungry because they've been embarrassed their entire career against Penn State. Maryland offense has struggled on third down to get off and continue drives. They're six of nineteen, um, and I, I, they've had big plays, kind of streaky at times, especially during that Minnesota game where they. Went up big early, then got behind early, then scored 17 points unanswered in the fourth quarter to win that game. Um, then you got Penn State. Penn State offense hasn't really been that great. 
their defense has been good, but for some reason their defense gives up points. Like even that Indiana game week one, they really shut down Indiana, but somehow gave up 36 points or whatever it was. So I think they give up points to Maryland here. Um, I, like you think Penn State's going to get in the 50s in this game? I, I I don't see that. I think, like you said, Maryland's been blown out or given up points the first two weeks. But Penn State's offense just hasn't moved the ball quickly, um, scored fast. So I don't see them putting up that many points. I see them putting up more like 40. And then now you're talking, you know, basically Maryland has to get just over two touchdowns. So I think Talia's kind of got that offense clicking a little bit to be streaky enough to score a little bit here and there. Um, The statistics, like you said, lean towards Penn State. But I think Penn State offense just doesn't get it done this week at home, kind of coming off that Ohio State game. They're going to play a little lackluster thinking that they got this win in the bag. So I'm going to take Maryland here. I'm going to go against you for the first uh, pick of the week. I'm taking Maryland in the points, 25 and a half. It's a lot of points. It took a lot. You know, initially, I, but when I started my research, I had Maryland in the points written down. And then, you know, I started looking into their defense. And I was like, yeah, I just can't do it. But you're not wrong about Penn State's offense. And they have been marred by injuries at running back. So it does kind of... We'll see what Devin Ford can do. He's that third-string running back they've been playing. He hasn't been doing much of anything since since he's gotten the starting role. But if he can start ripping off some chunk carries, uh, I think they'll cover this easy. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I I think this could get out of hand early, but I think Maryland just on their you know, the confidence they gained last week, last Friday night uh, with Talia, I think they score some points, and I just don't think Penn State will blow them out. So that's why I'm taking Maryland. Fear the turtle. Fair enough. All right, what's the last pick we got here? All right, the nightcap is Rutgers at Ohio State. Ohio State coming in as 38-point favorites against the Scarlet Knights. Um, this one was a little tricky too for me just because of, you know, it's a lot of points and Rutgers has played some weird games this year. So it's just like, you know, what does Shiano got going up there? I don't know. But, um, a couple things on the Ohio state's offense, master T got going last week against, um, Penn state and he went over a hundred yards. Um, everyone knows about Justin Fields, uh, Wilson and Olive are just outstanding. I think they've, almost have 500 yards receiving already between the two of them. So, um, you know, you know, Ohio state's going to put up plenty of points, you know, 50 probably easily because, and then you got to look at Rutgers. So, okay, well, their offense isn't great. They're only averaging 260 yards per game, which is near the bottom of the nation. Um, they have no rushing game last week. They only ran for 120 yards against, uh, Indiana and Indiana, as we talked about earlier, is, is not great on the, on the as run defense. They gave up 250 to Penn state. So it all comes down to can Rutgers score enough points to get close to that minus 38 number, because we know Ohio state's going to put up more than 50. Um, and I don't think they can. I think Ohio State's defense is going to get after the quarterback, uh, Nova Drawl. Um, he's not going to have a lot of room to do anything. Uh, 
Rutgers has already had six turnovers this year in two games. I think they're probably going to have at least two or three more in this game, and it's going to get out of hand early. And Ohio State is probably going to win this game by 40, so that's why I'm leaning Ohio State minus the 38. Yeah, this is tough because you look at a conference game and you see a 38-point spread and you think no chance, right? But we're talking the, the basically the number one offense, possibly the number one defense in, in all the land with Ohio State um, going against Rutgers. So Rutgers had that week one win against Michigan State, kind of a fluky win where Michigan State had seven turnovers and outgained them by a ton, time of possession by a ton. So if Rutgers didn't have those seven turnovers, they're not winning that game. The Rutgers themselves had six turnovers, like you said, in two games. Ohio State has caused five turnovers in two games. So I think you're, you, uh, you're right on there with there are going to be a couple more turnovers for Rutgers. Rutgers also, their defense, give up 278 yards passing per game. Um, Justin Fields um, averages 297 yards passing per game. So I think he'll have another big game. I think about 300 yards passing. Um, this will be one of those, you know, pad your Heisman stats game. Um, it's, it's at night. It's, you know, just a, just a weird, weird scenario here for Rutgers. I think they come in thinking they might have a chance, you know, to keep it close. But like you said, this is going to be ugly. This is going to get out of hand early. Rutgers isn't going to score. They, uh, they might get shut out here. So I'm taking OSU, the negative 38. They might win 55 nothing and, and cover this spread easy. So take the Buckeyes here. I like it. All right. Well, that wraps it up then for the week. Uh, I think Maryland was our only disagreement. Oddly enough, you took Maryland. <laughs> yeah, that's that's shocking. That's, that's your team. So that's weird. So I feel pretty confident about a lot of these picks, Andy. I don't know how you're feeling this week, but um, I think overall, when you look at the research the past two weeks in the Big Ten, I think we learned a lot. We're gaining some knowledge, and we're able to make these picks a little bit easier here. Definitely. Yeah, well, these ones are a little tricky for me, but, uh, you know, I, I'm getting a little more confidence, you know, knowing that you're kind of leaning the same way that I was. So we'll see how it, what happens here. Right. We'll see what happens. We'll probably go – you'll go one for – one for five and I'll go for six or something. (laughs) We'll be crying, crying next week here. But um, when you look outside of the big 10 this week, you got any picks that you want to give out to the listeners this week? So this is the first week for pac 12. I'm just going to, I didn't do a lot of research on this one, so I'm not saying I'll go out and bet, but um, there's a quarterback and a wide receiver over there at USC, Keaton Slovis and Amonra St. Brown. Amonra St. Brown is, for all you Packer fans, Equinamius's younger brother. Um, and this guy is going to be probably a day one or two draft pick next year. And Keaton Slovis, you might not know, he filled in for JT Barrett last year after he got hurt. Not JT Barrett, something, whatever, the USC quarterback that got hurt last year. Um, and he played pretty well. And I think this is going to be his coming out party. Uh, right now they're a 10 and a half point favorite against Arizona state. Uh, I think they win that game easily and I'm going to take them, uh, Keaton Slovis. He's going to show everybody who he is this year. And I think he's going to be the top quarterback drafted in 2022, but, uh, we'll see how he does. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. Um, you're going against Herm Edwards. So that's interesting. He played to win the game. 
Um, but you, last week you were right on the with your pick with uh, Auburn. They uh, absolutely demolished LSU. Um, last week I gave the listeners a couple um, American conference picks um, with Cincinnati and UCF. And that's where I'm leaning again this week. So Cincinnati is a 13-point favorite against Houston. Um, Cincinnati's just getting undervalued week after week after week. I think they win this game big. I think their defense is top-notch. It's a, it's a power five defense for sure. Luke Fickle, there's some whispers. Maybe he might you know, end up at Michigan. Who knows? He's an Ohio State guy, so that would be kind of weird. Um, but Cincinnati's rolling. They're right on the cusp of being in that last playoff spot. So I think that's interesting. I think they blow out Houston here. So Cincinnati negative 13. And then I'm going to go to the Sun Belt here. So you got Appalachian State playing Texas State. Now the Texas State Bobcats are 1-7, and seven, but they've lost a lot of close games. Their offense is actually pretty darn good. They score a lot of points. Appalachian State has kind of underperformed this year. They returned a ton of starters, and they they were one of those teams where um, preseason people were talking about maybe they'll be the the team that gets the New Year's Six game from the non-Power 5 conferences. Um, But look to Texas State to cover the 21 points here. So I got Cincy negative 13. I like Texas State plus 21 for my bonus picks of the week. Man, that's a deep dive into the Sun Belt. Didn't think we'd be hearing those stats today. Yeah, Bobcats, baby. <laughs> I didn't even know Texas State was FBS. You learn something new every day. There you go. See, you want to win money, Andy. You got to dig hey, deep. That's, I, that's true. I can understand that. All right, so we got uh, six games on the slate for the Big Ten this week. We're going to be following up, um, watching them, tweeting them as they happen. Um, as always, you can follow me at dstar 18 um, I'll be posting my picks. I'll be posting this shortly. Um, Andy, you want to give a yep, little plug? Yep, I'm at Real A Star on Twitter. Uh, I will also be retweeting this and following along with the games and see what happens on Saturday. No, let's go. Let's win some money. I'm confident. Me, you and I, we got five picks the same. I think all the listeners are gonna. They're they're probably leaning the same way. And that now they're hearing it from us. They're gonna get that extra edge and they're gonna throw some money down. Um, but remember, as always. Please gamble responsibly. What's the spread? Good night.